Hey, how's it going? Welcome to the Polarized Podcast. This is a podcast about movies, polarizing movies, matter of fact, and polarizing the sense of Rotten Tomato scores. Sometimes critics love it, sometimes audiences hate it, or vice versa. Those are the movies that we cover on this pod today and forever. Yeah, this is what it's always going to be, so just buckle up. I mean, get ready for that. Um, I am your host. I'm one of the hosts of said pod. And right now I'd like to introduce my other host, my co-host. We also like to refer to him as the forever guest, Mr. James Lindsay. Hey, how's it going? Hey, how are you? It's me, James Lindsay, and you are the Brandini. I am the Brandini. And you know what? I reintroduced uh, you. I did the Uno reverse card. You know what? I, I would no, have to say you. kind of a, No, you. No, you. No, you. Stop it. No, introduce um, you. I actually kind of feel like a rusty Brandini because I would also like to say, oh. which I haven't said yet. That's a new cocktail, this, but okay. That's a, It's the newest cocktail, hottest cocktail in town. Um, we're talking Charlie, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory today. The 2005 Tim Burton film score, 83% critics, 51% audience. Pew, pew, stinky. Stinky pew, pew on score. one side and... Ring-a-ding-ding, sign me up for uh, more of that, please, from the critics on this one. From the critics. It's a critically favored movie. And I'll I'll get into it later, but uh, I did notice the Amazon Prime reviews were very positive in the audience side as well. So for whatever reason on the Rotten Tomatoes, audience is like, no spank you. Right. Oh, interesting. I wonder why. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's that's good. Get okay, but I don't get it either. And the thing that makes that makes sense, though, to me, what doesn't make sense right? is that the critics like this movie. Yeah, I would, I would expect it to be switched. Crazy. Uh-huh. Me too, man. I definitely expected this to be switched. Um, this is something we usually talk talk about like a little bit later in the podcast. I feel like, but I, I'm curious, like, why you think that is? Like the critics were so down on this you think they were still feeling that tim tim burton uh you know sort of juice that the director juice. juice that uh hasn't didn't quite run dry at this point in terms of like uh things that uh were visually pleasing to the eyes and uh not completely all blown out with uh green screen and cgi and everything <laughs> Because what was what was before Charlie and the Chocolate Factory? It was Big Fish, oh, and I love that movie. That's grown to I that was it. like the most improved player on my Tim Burton. If I had a, if I <laughs> yeah. had a tier list or a ranking or whatever, <laughs> Big Fish would because I, I didn't see it when it came out, and I kind of just wrote it off, and then I finally saw, it. and I'm kind of glad that I waited till I was a little bit mm-hmm. older to watch it because then it hit me like a fucking freight train, <laughs> a ton of bricks each yeah. and every oh time I I watch it, but. Uh, that one, that one is uh, one of his best ones for sure. And, uh, this one is, I think the beginning to the latter half of his career. I feel like it's, it's grown to be like half of his movies look like this now. Yeah, absolutely. And the other half um, look a little bit more like big fish because you're, t- if you're telling me that's what, bef- what's before this, this is like, this is the dividing line between those two movies is, is, is how these two movies look completely different I, yeah also too like and about different things of course big, big fish is a great dividing line because it is such a different thing 
it's it's such a different movie in comparison to his other movies leading up to this point Mm -hmm. and uh kind of oscar baby a a little bit yeah a little yeah because it's very like then you have like sleepy hollow probably before that right well planet of the apes before that oh shit um, yeah but then and then i like sweeney todd i don't know me too yeah me too i think sweeney todd does the visuals that this movie's trying to do better i agree you know and maybe it's just because the technology um and the muddy gray darkness lends itself to just like being backdrop for the 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 actors and and the people to stand on the stage and sing their song and uh yeah and that's that's the action in that movie for the most part the couple yeah couple slices and a couple daces oh uh oh yeah a lot yeah big uh big plot point there <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah i like sweeney todd too man miracle I like elixir brandini's miracle elixir little bit of high noon aperol spritz okay okay all right well let's bank that one because <laughs> banger (laughs) and Uh, i mean the music there is not written the same i was i was trying to think of like going into this because i think you and i i know i do i relish the times when we get to have a musical to talk about on our podcast me too and i feel like i've really grown to enjoy it yeah I've always I've always liked musicals and I've always liked horror movies. I think being able to sit down and talk about them with you in this podcast have kind of made those genres I've loved even even more and more as and I feel like I've gotten to know uh, both a lot, a lot more musicals and horror are completely different. But uh, I those are a little bit of blind spots, some of like the more like essentials and. Mm I feel like I've grown those out a bit, bit more and seen seen more of those kinds of movies since starting this podcast as well. And uh, it's a bummer Same. that starting this episode, yeah, I was like, what song would I want to listen to? And mm. I have uh, this Augustus Gloop one on on ready whenever we want to hear a little yeah. song if if we want to. But it's like that's if even starting from that base element and. Uh, Starting there, and also inevitably, we are going to compare it to the original. And if we're starting now, we actually have another comparison that we're going to talk about as well. I'd be happy to lump that into this as well the new Wonka movie, which uh, we've both Both seen. seen. And you know, Mm -hmm. we'll we'll, we won't, there's nothing really intense to, to spoil. It has a similar ending to the curse, and I won't say why for anyone who might be wondering. I, I haven't yet. Um, and uh, the reasons might surprise you. Uh, uh, okay. But the music of all three, I found myself thoroughly just charmed by the the new one, and the music that they instilled in that one was subtle and not too show tunesy in a way that was uh taking away from the more innocence and and uh purity of the characters and everything it seemed to be more uh like uh like the carnival sort of aspect to it a, a little bit of someone you know kind of rolling into town and and opening up uh, a fun house I and mean, all, all that stuff was was, was yeah. really really great and just like delicate like gentle soft music this is just like 
and then it's five different songs on top of each other start start going and then the original which i watched again uh i watched all three leading up to this recording and everything and i just yeah you can't can't discredit how wonderful every single song except for cheer up charlie (laughs) i think that's like the Everyone has agreed upon skipping over that one. But even that one, I would probably rather listen to over. I still can like sing, sing it and mm. know a little bit of it rather than this one where it's like, I can't even uh, do. Let's let's uh, do a little taste just because we've been talking about it and we can get on, get on with yeah. our our conversation. And we'll uh, and then or if there's any other songs that that you're thinking of. Uh, just shout them out. Shout them out in the chat. <laughs> the Veruca song was my favorite. Oh, is that one the one that kind of gets a little Beatles? Yeah, it gets a little Beatles with your little round glasses. And you should be you should be wearing your round glasses for that song. Okay, this is the whole lead up to it. I'm gonna skip ahead a little bit here. Of course, they haven't had a fresh audience in many months. Yeah, this is a huge song for the introduction, you know, and it's. It all looks terrible. Yeah, you're right. I don't know what it is. This one is like the least offensive to me, I feel like. I guess the Veruca one. But visually it just kind of it's it's uh it's, it, it, in my mind it it's these concept art images that they um, storyboarded out with Tim Burton and he had gotten to this uh blank check if you will period in his mm-hmm. um right era of filmmaking where they just looked at all the storyboards and they told him like if this is what you want we can we'll throw all the money at it to make it exactly in your mind how you want it to look and he had he didn't need to cut any corners he didn't need to get practical with too much he did with other things he spent a lot of money on getting practical with training squirrels uh, which we saw Mm -hmm. a little bit of before recording um, so but it's, kooky but yeah, it seems like just whatever decision. he storyboarded out they just sort of like yeah make it we'll make it happen in post yeah absolutely theory. and i mean there's there's some visual stuff in this movie that is cool like a lot of the stuff with uh charlie's house uh, oh yeah I, th- I like that i think the factory exterior is interesting it just doesn't go with Christopher Lee's house in the snow. I like that a lot. Oh, love, love that a lot. Yeah. There's, there's some stuff in visually in this. And, but I agree with you, uh, regardless about, you know, this is a point in his career where, and I mean, just to speak to him in general is like, he started as like an animation guy. 
Like he was, or you know, he, his whole shtick has been the visuals of uh, the visuals of a Tim Burton movie are um, very distinct um, mm-hmm. and stylized. It's yeah. been yeah, super stylized. It's his calling card. It's just you know, it's what he's about, and um, that definitely is on display here in the movie. But man, there's just also times where uh, to the blank check point of it, it's like just because you can doesn't mm-hmm. mean you should. Um, I was going to start getting into this, the movie plotting of it, but, um, before I do that, I mean, I just want to establish between the two of us of like, when you think about a successful Wonka movie now at this point, um, like you've brought up naturally the songs being a big part of it, you know, mind you, this comes from a kid's book. So obviously songs aren't like, uh, a necessity when you're talking, when you're, I I guess, adapting this into a, a movie, but, because of the very first one with Gene Wilder, like it's now a staple of it, that it, it, it is a musical by and large, um, which then I just, I think really well reaches its actualization in the newest one that is very much, it is the most musical of all of them. And it does it really successfully because it's a musical in the sense that like major plot points kind of get sung and the, and those songs are like, big and fun and uh go into character stuff and um really really hits the like it hits the spot it hits the mark on if you think Wonka is because of who he is as a character you know him being this like um magical ringleader uh just yeah like larger than life kooky character um it's understandable why you would think music from the get-go from the early one, why you would think music would be a good fit for this because him being a ringleader type person would be, you know, kind of conducting this whole like, Oh, and now this song and now that song and all of that. Um, But uh, other, uh, you know, kind of Wonka isms or things a Wonka movie should have too is um, the, it's like the factory of it all, like how the chocolate is getting made. Um, the, yeah, like that whole, so- that yeah, just chocolate, I guess, maybe like really highlighting what candy means to children, what candy means, uh, like how it fits in the world um, and establishing that. Consumerism. And then, I mean, the, the first one was, yeah. uh, was, oh, for sure. was very cynical in that way and had a lot of the dry British humor uh that i had forgotten about right and then it was kind of it was fun a a few years back i went to the hollywood bowl here in los angeles and went and saw Mm. an orchestra play the music live to the movie as i watched it in a you know in a beautiful amphitheater and they uh passed out little cards scratch and sniff cards and you would scratch and sniff. There would be like, okay, now scratch your card at this moment. You would smell like certain oh, things. Oh my god! Like snozberries, of course. And you scratch a snozberry and smell like snozberry. Um, is is a uh, very fun. Um, what was my what was my bigger bigger point? I forget. Yeah, but, chocolate, chocolate and candy in the movie. Like oh, just you, that. You, oh, just that. Yeah. I had forgotten that uh, this like this the cynicism and the in consumerism and the satire mm. that had been prevalent in that original one that it was poking at because there's this whole montage when it's announced that about the tickets of everyone just going 
bananas for it and then shaming charlie at school and and all this stuff and then like the counterfeit ticket and and everything and and the slugworth stuff which isn't the slugworth thing isn't a thing in this one it just they kind of right right yeah you slugworth being like the the other chocolate yeah and then that's like the trick that willy wonka plays it because it's not actually slugworth it's just him testing them to see if they're trustworthy and then at the end like spies because there's that whole Mm -hmm. you know part of the movie where yeah and and it gets into it but man it gets more into uh, the father thing with willy wonka in this one which that's that i think that's the interchangeable kind of stuff there and where the first one jumping head but how it just fucking like ends in this like just most joyful the happiest moment right at the very end like all everything is wrapped up so fucking quickly like he gets mad at first you know and he's like you stole fucking fizzy lifting drinks and you you signed a contract you get nothing nothing good day sir i love that and he has all like half stuff in his office sorry i'm just talking about this movie but uh, and then they launch off in the glass elevator. He's just like, can my family stay? Not like, uh, I don't know. Uh, I didn't have a good fa- I don't have a good relationship with my yeah, father. Uh, so uh, that's going to be a, that's uh, going to be a whole another uh, 20 minutes to the movie because I don't uh, I'm not a well adjusted person. Mm. Um, but the, and Gene Wilder's like, well, of course, Charlie, more the merrier. And then <laughs> take with me and you'll be <laughs> in a world of pure and then it's like oh my god i feel the best after this movie right. just flying off on a glass elevator to the song and everyone's gonna be living living happily ever after and uh and charlie charlie in the chocolate factory he's just like fuck your family you know and then he's then they separate and then they got to figure their own shit out uh and come right. back together to the avail of of you know willy wonka as a character and getting more into his backstory which yes. there is a way to do it. Wonka does it. Timothy Shout like, but that's Wonka but that's that. like Wonka. but that's propelling the story forward in a way and not looking back uh too long. Cause and 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 with, with Wonka and Timothy Chalamet, like there's definitely backstory, but it doesn't dwell on it in a way that hinges like hinges the movie up in the third act, <laughs> which is what ha- is what happens in this one, yeah. Yeah, I mean, to me, the reason for the father stuff and the way that it's portrayed, which is, it, it's, yeah, it was so crazy to watch this movie, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, and be like, oh, so after everything, we're going to tackle the father stuff and yeah. just tack on the father stuff. At, it seems like, so sure, it's, it, it's, it's interspersed, absolutely, mm-hmm. in the movie, but what is, like... The, the actual conflict and the resolution are all tacked on at the end. And, and the conflict is so like basic and obvious of like, Oh, he had a a dentist father that hated chocolate. Oh, big surprise. Like, I was just so obvious. And I, and I get that. It's, I don't know. Maybe it's like a folk tale or or whatever. So it's trying to, trying to play it out and everything. And uh, like, Oh, he's trying to teach him a lesson about how bad candy was. And he was just such a, villainous sort of evil and, and all that but he ended up being proud at the end and i just it didn't do much for me because no. it was so like tacked on and just hit the very flat basic notes of like oh he he hated him and now he's proud of him like 
or he mm-hmm. ate chocolate and kid loved chocolate and made it his whole life. And now the father's proud of, I don't know. It's just very basic. Not worth it. Yeah. Um, but it's, it, it's also representative of Tim Burton's like ethos and where he's coming from because it is, you know, so relate. It's like the most Tim Burton, like himself in the movie. Like Edward Scissorhands, <laughs> like Edward Scissorhands, where, you know, uh, Tim Burton grew up as essentially an emo kid to a father who didn't understand him. Or a goth and kid. Then, or a goth kid. Well, yeah. I don't yes, know. Yeah, I guess he's pretty I'm sorry. old. Or he's yeah. easy and older. Uh, I I might, people might come after me for that. Maybe just um, punk, punk in general. He's a little mm, punk. He's a little. But nonetheless, like different, you he's know. He's a little hooligan. His Maybe dad sure would, would have described him as like a, we, a weird or different kid. And it is something that I obviously has been such a major influence in tim burton's life as you know the reason that he has these very dark and morose uh like aesthetics to his movies is because of this being a misunderstood you know creative type that um you know essentially grew up with i think his dad was like a salesman or you know some some like office corporate job yeah he definitely has ideas about you know 50s idyllic american dream sort of america and and doing riffs on that for sure yeah absolutely so i mean and it's so interesting to think about all three of the movies coming from the like director like what the director cares about and how that manifests itself in the movie because Mm -hmm. with the wonka movie it is just so clear the place that like the voice um uh like where it's coming from and what it believes about or how it views the world Mm -hmm. and it just has such a more like not optimistic but it has such a more like bursting with joy <laughs> uh, which one the okay. newest one or the newer the newest yeah. one yeah definitely the newest one optimistic and, yeah and you, you know and it's dealing with there's sad stuff in that one for sure too there is for sure uh, the, st- the sad stuff the thing but about it's poignant the and, they, and they handle uh, it very delicately they, ha- they handle it so fucking well in my mind, like all of the stuff that uh, about his uh, mother in the Wonka movie, the new one, like mm-hmm. just wanting to be this person that has, you know, like living up to expectations from a parent and like, you know, what that means and reconciling with your own destiny. Uh, just wow, really crushes a lot of that. Where by the end of it, it just had me in the palm of its hand where I was like so uh, into the. I was so behind Wonka. I was so on his side. And this movie, I am not on Wonka's side at all. Like, he's weird, mean, uh, like, just crazy unlikable. <laughs> at this point, to to propagate and to have him portray himself like that and then go into his character even more so than the Gene Wilder one just right. gets it backwards and and wrong in a way because yeah it really does seem reverse where gene wilder is seems at like a, approachable but then once once you get into it with them it's like almost like are we having two different conversations right now or but his eyes are gentle and he's smiling but then you realize the content of what he's saying and everything that he's doing is kind of just like oh he's kind of tr- like treating me like uh 
or like deep down of like he doesn't he's like being me. a little stinker and he's fucking right. with me and he's goofing but he's doing it in like a tongue-in-cheek sort of fun uh like we're saying like a like a like a hooligan at a circus or something like a ring ringleader and just doing little fun, fun tricks. And, but then there is this, there is a coldness and then, and there is a calculate calculated sort of way of his being as well, but then it all falls up down at the end. And I'm restating that in that one, because when it does, he is so joyful and happy and that's what's inside. And he's willing to show that vulnerable side. Right. But this is who Willy Wonka is through and through on this one. So when he's showing he's showing you cold and calculated on the outside, he is that on the inside as well. And there is no difference. And at the end, when he does, it's just like, no, this is just who he is and who he's been. And to take that character and to try and get into him more is just upsetting when Gene Wilder is like, I would rather get into him more, Gene Wilder, but I like the mystery of it all. Uh-huh, and even course, with yeah. this one, it's like with how weird this guy is, you would just be like, yeah, let's just be satisfied with the fucking mystery of how weird this dude is. We don't even really need to get to know any more about it or whatever. Like even seeing him in like the headgear and in a normal sort of town and all that stuff. I'm like, really? I don't know. You seem like you came from the moon. <laughs> 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 like, no way. Like you, no you just way. grew up like down the street. Get out of here. Like what? Like, it's, yeah. you, I'm not satisfied with this explanation. <laughs> you know, we get know, a little absolutely. bit of him going to the Oompa Loompa land. We get some of that. Yeah. I, it, it's I, I, I kind of remember that I, from I, the book. I, I just remember so much of the release of this movie and going to see this movie in the theater. Weirdly from it's a big a, deal. You know, it was such a huge deal growing up that, because it wasn't in I think 3D, was it? it? No, I don't remember. Hmm. Um, but yeah, like it being it being pitched as this darker Wonka movie uh-huh. and getting into you know uh, generating excitement in our demographic because it's not going to be a kids movie. Uh-huh. It's going to be like a dark you know darker take on something and. It's where the emo it's, thing makes sense, like you said earlier, because yeah. all the hot topic kids were just, you know, jumping for joy. Like, jumping for joy, yeah. Um, but man, it's so weird. The guy who did Corpse Bride? <laughs> oh, Nightmare Before Christmas. <laughs> <No way. laughs> oh, Edward Scissorhands? That's my favorite movie. Um, yeah, but it's isn't it so interesting, like, watching a movie like this now at a later point in our lives um, where that stuff sucks is like kind of grating for it to just be so um like edgelordy a little bit Seems uh, like it's overcompensating a bit right it's it's so yeah there's such a weird unassuredness of itself of like what do we care about do we care about anything like and just that kind of almost that conundrum that i'm that you know goth and emo kids run into it's like you want love we all want love but then the way that you express it is like well you can't you know i've been burned so many times or i have such a complicated relationship with just other human beings so i don't know how to express that and you get you know you really just get an idea like it's very edward scissorhands like here is a guy that you know um wants to find connection but doesn't know how Mm-hmm. And it doesn't. He's kind of both Edward Scissorhands and Vincent Price in that movie. 
because he's like the factory owner and like the boy in a way i don't know oh totally yeah like uh just like tim burton just like tim burton yeah so this movie um yeah, I mean, how did you think that let's, opening let, montage looked at the, go, of get, the factory uh, making of the chocolate? Oh, I mean, it's so Tim Burton-y. It's this fucking... If the sorry. music at that point <laughs> really... <laughs> no, it's... No, it's, the music uh, at that point felt like t- uh, Mars Attacks. Uh, yeah. There was like a lot of the... I guess it's a, a naturally a theremin, like... Like where you... Uh-huh. Like... This is a kooky, kooky movie you're about to watch. Uh, and the effects are very of of the time, and it, and yes, they don't look great just, now. Do not really hold up, yeah. No, and I think the biggest problem with them it is, sucks that it's all the, like automated chocolate being made and everything. You're just like, right? This they, is already yeah. telling me that this isn't. I don't know. It's all cold and machines. It's very and, cold. Yeah. Um, yeah, the Rube Goldberg machines that make the chocolate. Uh-huh. It's all CGI. I just really despise how it is so clear that there will be a portion of a machine doing something, but it's going into nothingness. Uh-huh. So yeah, it's, it's just, just everything is everything is not not grounded to the world. It's mm-hmm. just here's a conveyor belt going into blackness. Here are things holding a thing, spinning around to no end, essentially. And it just sets you in the mood of this movie, I guess. But man, from the beginning, I'm like, I do not care for the vibe of this. Where again, yeah, like you said, it's just, it's so cold. It's so CGI. Um, but uh, the Danny Elfman score, right, is kind of cool. If yeah, if you're into the Danny Elfman of it all, it's it's bang. It's like it's a very quintessential Danny Elfman score. Like it's it's hitting that in the most yeah exacting sort of sort of way. And I just thought it sounded a little extraterrestrial at at some point with some of those those noises, but. It's bringing you into the vibe of of the movie, and then you get to the house, which is like conceptually, like looks really cool as a shot of like all these uniform buildings, which is just like yeah, like a lot of gray, and it's kind of drab and yeah. it looks boring. And like it's rough, it's rough to look at, but it's almost worth it to see like the contrast of Charlie's house amid, amidst it all. Is like uh, I get the idea that he's he's trying to illicit and that is like the edward scissorhands of like all oh, these little boxes of houses then there's just one weird fucked up one or there's a castle way up on a hill and this is where this character is and uh yeah and you you know you get the his take on on the grandparents in the bed and having celery soup and uh helena bonham carter killing it i don't know we got grandpa joe we got you uh he's pretty good i don't can't say i, I love grandpa joe he's my favorite part of the movie can't recall sure. him from much else i like his his stories uh of being the in the a worker in the factory i like that moment i thought that was good I of like, like getting a little uh, glim- i like that idea of getting glimpses of wonka i don't uh, want yes. all like the backstory of him growing up and daddy dentist just like yeah, he gave me this chocolate that turned into a fucking bird in my mouth. And just like, oh, that gives me just a little, a little something to 
to go off of, you know, like to, to titillate my, the mystery of it all. And then the other thing that I thought was really funny this time. Uh, and I, I, I remember in, I recall in the theaters, people laughing to you of, he's like, okay, go out and buy me a bar of chocolate, Charlie. And he's like, okay, I'll be right back. He's like, okay. And then it like slowly fades off into black. And Charlie's like, Grandpa, I'm back. And then he just like, oh, he wakes up and he like cut the editing and the pacing of that. It was perfect of him like falling asleep and waking up. Like it it really felt like taking a nap and waking up and being like, wait, how much time passed? What the hell? Um, That was great. What the hell? I mean. And then his dance, his little like. Trust. I'm a big Grandpa Joe dance fan. Yeah. And it just goes to like why he, in my mind, is my favorite because he provides actual joy and wonder. I know that Charlie is relatively good about that of being like, oh, wow. Like, oh, man, I like I love chocolate. And like, I know life sucks, but like, man, you know, getting to share these little nuggets of um, Mm -hmm. sweetness in life or, you know, are something to cherish and something to um yeah, strive to like much better than original Grandpa Joe. Are you are you aware of the subreddit Grandpa Joe hate? Oh no, of the original no, but I could understand why because he's kind of a curmudgeon, right? There's he's a whole kind of subreddit of of yeah. people just dunking on Grandpa Joe and t- telling how shitty of a person he is, and all mm. like, oh, you got the golden ticket, also you can get out of the bed and help out a little bit around the house, huh? Uh huh, right. That kind I mean, of thing. Yeah, he kind of looks mean too. Um. This guy, they were like, on the other hand, using his so. using the money for his tobacco and stuff. It was like, motherfucker, like they having celery soup. It's Charlie's oh. birthday. Charlie's a, birthday. It's Charlie's birthday. No tobacco for you, Grandpa Joe. <laughs> you stole Wizzy Wizzy lifting drinks. Good day, I sir. Thought, I, I thought it was so funny when he was telling the story about working in the factory to Charlie. He said he was a much younger man, but it's the yeah, same actor. that was good. That was good. <laughs> it's like, oh, funny. Yeah, <laughs> good, like that. Good. That's all that 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 lands. That's a that typically is a joke that'll get me when uh-huh. somebody is like the same age and they're in their, in their uh, like That's some good know. stuff. The visual stuff is good, and then the uh, the arc of the father. I thought, uh, you know was pretty good too of like him uh, getting replaced by the robot and then getting job fixing the robot that was fun nice little arc uh, for for him to like land on his own feet in his own way that was apart from the Willy Wonka and the truck and the chocolate factory and all that stuff like they still got to take the house and live there and all that stuff but he was He's like, I'm, all right, I'm going to go work at the toothpaste factory right down the street. Uh-huh. You know, we keep each other in business, you, us two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got a, we got a bit, the biggest chocolate factory in the world and a big toothpaste factory. <laughs> yeah. Where do they live? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> really just. And why, are the, why is everything so sad? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. And that's, you know, that's an interesting thing that you brought up earlier. because people the, steal the commentary shit. on the, like England in that time. Um, even though I don't know if they do they say where they are like really in this movie it's England I mean all the all the houses and, and everything like in the flats all, I don't know it just it does reek of that but it's just English. it's so like fake you know and you see and you see the original is just like he's just in a town and he's a normal kid like I don't know this is this is like some 
it's already telling you fantasy before you've gotten into the chocolate factory. It's already just screaming like this is some fantasy world <laughs> before you've even walked in the door. And I like how normal everything is. And yeah, I'm sorry, I'm 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 relating it's everything. Okay, but even like, in, the, in the newest one too, it's just like you know, and there's shopping mall and magical things happen around them, and there's magic. And there is a magic, magic in the, the air, city. magic between yeah. them. And yeah, and there's like. You and, and there's and it's all fun and it's it's all for fun. And that's the biggest difference, right? It'll it's, bite you in the ass if you're an asshole occasionally, you know, whatever. Uh, I mean, that and that's where this movie, in my mind, is the worser of the three, because this movie isn't fun. It is no, really it's uh, it's, it's pessimistic mean, mean and mean <laughs> and just hates its characters. Like, ah, uh, it just, it's so wild to me, you know, um, that, that approach that a director can have on material, because there is a place that it's coming from in like deciphering the text to the movie that you could get to that conclusion because rural doll is kind of an asshole or is an asshole was right. like a huge asshole <laughs> like, oh, like I say. came out like saying that he actually kind of hates kids but like <laughs> what is it he's like he he actually hates kids but like he likes writing about kids to like teach them not to be shits is like kind of the vibe that i, I got from him. like he knows how to write kids stories well because he's like sees the bad behaviors that people exhibit as adults coming from being bad kids. Uh, and he's able to just make those connections to like creating characters in which that's like the case of creating these like shits of kids and like to tell. And also you only look twice, like baby. Them. I know. Right. That whole situation is so crazy. How they just like, yeah, uh, Switch. <laughs> I'll write, I'll write, I'll write one for you. You write one for me. <laughs> Hey, Ralph, why don't you come over here and write one of my stories? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, them being friends, too, him and Ian Fleming. I am Fleming. Um, it's I'm hilarious, too, because it also Fleming. speaks to their character, because it's both British men who've served in the army that are raging alcoholics and pessimists after it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, and just have just such a... Uh, yeah, such a fucked up way of looking at the world, but both are imaginative to and yeah, found I guess what they were best at, which good as to that. Uh, I read but, uh, the the elevator sequel as a kid, and I remember that being bonkers. But I, I but I all I remember is that it was bonkers. But I don't remember too much. I remember the grandparents like come along too, and they just like travel the fucking universe it's uh weird and uh written by him as well um moving on in in this movie uh brandon's just walking away for a second so i'll just uh lay out a little more plot here so we get into the gold ticket of it all um oh wait there's this moment brandon's back there's this moment when they're talking about willy wonka i think kind of before during like the first announcing of the golden tickets where they, and this just cracked me up so hard this time because this movie had come out before this other movie when I used to watch this movie a bunch on DVD, but after walk hard, the Dewey Cox story and uh -huh. that line about, you can't, 
can't build you a house of chocolate or whatever. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it'll melt in the sun sun and there's a whole sub story in this movie about about and this and this Indian, must have been from the the book too because it, it just like really felt Maharaja. like yeah. yeah just like builds a whole palace of chocolate he's like well you better start eating um right and, and then they just and that was that was pretty chocolate. what was crazy awesome. is like that was pretty was practical <laughs> Yeah, you look in the background and there's like a fuzziness and in, in the haze to some of the stuff and there's the color correction is fucking awful at this and Alice in Wonderland is a whole nother level but this one at least has some like practical stuff but then they color correct it to make it all clean and it just ends up making everything look like kind of shitty but watching some behind the scenes stuff today man they have this whole fucking thing stage set up with a bunch of brown melting goo just coming off the walls and them sitting right in the middle it was like this is like pretty much happening like practically that was that surprised me the stuff that was practical yeah i mean looks that's kind of the craziest uh, but that was a funny story and yeah you cannot build a house in, uh, of chocolate yeah it'll melt in yeah. the sun it will melt in the sun oh them just getting <laughs> not if it in. never rains <laughs> not if it never i think i'm doing pretty well for a 14 year old with a wife and two kids. <laughs> um, but yeah then we get the all the golden tickets i mean this kind of goes by the numbers of the first one pretty well uh especially with all the violet stuff and like the fact like all the yeah, yeah all the girls like all the ladies like uh unwrapping every everything and that's like, yeah, there's that and behind the scenes stuff was just interesting. A little bit of that where like there's a big room of all these people unwrapping all these chocolates. And there's just someone with a megaphone going one, two, three, three. four, five, six, seven. Because there's columns of people uh, taking boxes out, un- opening in them, passing them and then moving to the next one. And down the column of line of people he they want it all to be symmetrical and uniform and everyone doing things at the same time so on three you grab that box on five you open the box on seven you go to the next box so everyone down the line is all doing the same thing and that was uh pretty cool to see you know this this is a big operation i remember yeah this movie coming out was just a big deal and to see some some of that stuff leading into it and tim burton taking on this this big thing is like uh yeah must have been must have been a lot uh yeah and there's my tv augustus gloop we got all our guys we got the who's the gum chewing lass uh veruca that's veruca and then violet oh yeah veruca and violet beauregard uh yeah veruca with the gum chewing um her mom's in a lot of stuff i like her yeah a lot she's funny she's a good actor she knows Mm -hmm. how to just do this these big eyes and yeah. the smile that just uh yeah lights up a room <laughs> uh, <laughs> she's got these eyes <laughs> um, um yeah. and then, i mean so, they get into the factory and like the i don't know like the how about that song when they am i am i going barreling too far too far ahead no, no barrel through it i mean yeah it reminded me kind of another spy kid's Floop as a madman, help us save us moment. Oh, yeah. Willy Wonka, Willy Wonka. And then when you had the DVD and you started that bad boy up after you got to the menu or like the menu would start and be like, Willy Wonka, Willy Wonka. And then they would like open up and be like, here's all the buttons, play special features. And and they would just be having that like playing in the background. Like, play the movie, play the movie. I don't want to hear the song anymore. (laughs) 
or you would watch the whole movie and fall asleep at the end during the credits and then you'd wake up to the t- DVD menu. Uh, do you remember those days, Brandon? I do. And yeah, you'd wake absolutely. up to just like the loop of just like, holy okay. <laughs> or whatever the movie might be. <laughs> oh, DVD menus. Oh, DVD menus. The days. What a um, time. Uh, that was I something that... The, yeah, there's certain parts I remember being in the theater and having like... Here, feeling people's reactions and that was someone where people were like what is this what is going on? yeah the same uh, as everyone all the other people the characters on screen everyone was just feeling the same thing in the theater i think of just like oh what absolutely <laughs> hashtag random at the time I think hashtag maybe is what random. They would say. of course they would because uh johnny depp's performance is an insane insane performance yeah here we go Let's uh, he get has it, a, yeah. he has a voice he has uh, this whole him smiling in a like, I don't understand look. Um, the intro to him is wild to me because it is the puppets or marionettes or whatever you would call them. Yeah. Just b- burning, just lighting on, getting lit on fire. Very dark, mm-hmm. very scary. Even like his his entrance is like, oh, this is a psychopath. And I guess so that's performance Tim Burton's that. version of walking normal and then falling, but getting back up and everything's fine is mm. a song and then burning down, but then it doesn't get back up and everything's fine. It's just burns oh. down. Ugh. And then the getting yeah. back up, I guess is just like, Oh, there's Willy Wonka. And it's such a weird pacing of it all. It is. Cause he's right, yeah, cause- it just pans over and he's just there. Yeah, he's like standing next to him, like, "Oh, isn't this so you know crazy? Isn't this so funny and quirky that?" And they're like, uh, "Who are you?" And he's like, "Yeah, it's me. It's me. I'm Willy Wonka." It almost made me feel like at the time I was like, "Is he just trying to do as much opposite of Jack Sparrow as he can?" Right. Maybe Mm -hmm. that's being too, like, I don't know. Maybe that's simplifying it too much. Because where is the inspiration coming from? Because I, it definitely feels Michael Jackson-y. Yeah, it does. Like, that's maybe that's too easy. Mm-hmm. But it's just like bringing kids into his factory to Never Never Land. I don't know. <sighs> right. Is that too yeah. easy? And I remember people at the time, then, because Michael Jackson and his, as, you know, all his, at that point, all his yeah, shit at that time sure. was like very much in the news and people were talking about it. So to do a riff on him as a character was a take. And I remember people... Being like, wow, he's just, yeah, he's doing like a Michael Jackson thing. Yeah, but, right. Because, I mean, this would else? have been around that time where it's like, uh-huh. you know. All the South Park <laughs> shit. You know? All the South Park stuff. Um, yeah, he just, he has, uh, well, uh, it, yeah. It's, Johnny Depp is really, really running with this uh, character and performance and uh, wanting to make it very unique. Um, and I think a lot of that just has to do with the fact of like the Gene Wilder trying to be, you know, Gene Wilder setting the standard and trying to elevate that. You or, just have to go completely different. I think is Jack uh-huh. Johnny Depp's or, yes. like, I can't right. do that version any better. So I have to go completely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Completely, right. completely different. Um, yeah but is it coming from johnny depp is it coming from tim burton 
the idea and the the whole gooey center of who that who that character is and how they portray themselves and the comedic timing of it all is like there and sometimes it hits but mostly it's just uncomfortable and unsettling and not fun to be around he's not a fun character uh-huh. to be around and gene wilder even when he is a prick you know like he'll say something and kind of like you know yeah like, like you can tell he's kind of, he's, he's kind of an asshole, he's or, old, or he's, yeah, yeah. but then he's that like comes from a place of, yeah. he's, he's like a hermit or whatever. He's like this weird, this weird right. eclectic dude that is, uh, doesn't relate with people, but with Johnny Depp, he seems almost like, and I don't know if is, is he intimidating? Is he just un- standoffish for sure? Standoffish, like very standoffish. Yeah, absolutely. Like, uh, I, and I get yeah, that idea so of like, alien. he's never, he never developed as a child and he never grew up. So I think there's that <sighs> idea of like, he is still an adolescent in his mind. And, mm-hmm. but that's where, that's where I think, yeah, again, it still, still it makes me go back to the Michael Jackson of it all. Cause he gets the gray hair and when he gets that gray hair, that's the whole impetus for him to like make the whole golden ticket thing is cause he's got this gold, this gray hair and uh he's getting old and all that stuff and he he doesn't want to get old um i don't know it's just it's it's batshit i think it's it'll go down as like one of the most batshit performances that was okayed and put to screen by a fucking lot of money and a lot of people that were all like yep i mean it's johnny depp we got johnny Johnny depp on our movie he's jack sparrow he can do whatever the hell he want everyone on disney told us told him hey you can't do that keith richards impression for our pirates movie that's bad shit and he's like you got to trust me and it paid off so i mean if you could do that for that one then we just got got to be able to do for this and dark shadows is going to work out great and everything's going to be mordecai is going to be awesome we're going to love johnny depp forever right absolutely yeah believe in him He's, he understands what this movie needs and Tim Burton for that matter too. I mean, God, yeah, it's just, it's hard to say no to a Johnny Depp, Tim Burton. Yeah. This back together. Because they've, they've just, you know, they've, they have a track record of success. And so people, yeah, are really, um, I mean, and again, just to bring it back, like the critics enjoyed this performance. I mean, we're kind of lauding it, but I mean, the critics liked this performance. They thought it was a unique and fresh take, essentially, of this character, um, which is just baffling to me because our problem with it is something I feel like is so simple and fundamental when it comes to critiquing this movie or critiquing any movie is you know, uh, whether or not the uh, character, your main character, ostensibly, is likable uh, or interesting. And even though he has a lot of flash that would make you think he's interesting, none of it has any backing of substance to it. It's just all kooky, sporadic nonsense at times. Like, you're just uh, more like a majority of this movie has like, wow, what a what a what a choice and not in a really a positive way it's like what a choice choice. as in yeah like you're just making choices to make choices it's like a hat on a hat at times where i'm like this yeah yeah like i don't you need uh you need to give us a little bit more here about um 
how you actually feel Wonka because it's just driving me nuts how impenetrable your mind seems to be in a lot of these situations where it calls for you to be like, this is, you know, this is how I feel about these kids and whatnot. It's like, by and large, right off the bat, it's just, I don't like them. I don't really like anybody. Everybody's weird. I'm trying to be a normal person, but I can't be. And um, ah, just the more and more I think about it, I just continue to just be so baffled by this Or at least like Gene Wilder, it seemed likable. Gene Wilder and both Chalamet seem like they're trying to show something to another person and impart something yeah. like, Hey, let me like show you this you world want. of pure imagination. Like, oh, like, yes. like maybe, I, maybe I am a little cynical myself and maybe I don't see the best in people always, but he's trying to give some them a chance at, at this moment in time. And the whole point of him bringing these people in, I don't, I don't know. It's just, you yeah, you never, never get an idea that he's trying to, to show them, it in like a way of like look at how cool this is it's just like it seems like he's going through the motions in in the tour and everything and he's just like come on let's let's go and he's just like so pleased with his own inventions and he has in no way like wants to see people's reaction to it or just like how how like how what it makes people feel he's just mm. amazed by the engineering of it all and and all that uh i don't know it's it's just a it's a different take on a classic tale and it's very different and I get the point to want to make it extremely different but to lose the heart and soul and the fuzzy gooey center that was just put in another uh version is uh just makes it that much clearer that this one didn't do it completely right and going through speaking of going through some of these motions i don't know so we go through some of these 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 kids and these uh the classic oompa loompa uh you yeah. fucked up and now you must pay song and um they uh yeah go up in the chocolate tube we heard a little bit of of gloop gloop augustus gloop gloop see now it's in my head okay so that's pretty much all i can remember goop Goop, Augustus, Goop. Um, that guy, great performance from the Oompa Loompa. He did a lot of work oh, to do all those yeah. different Oompa Loompas. And then, uh, oh yeah, I was going to say, Viceroy. Huh, what about fucking, him? yeah, Freddie Highmore. What a find. That guy, that little kid in this time. What yeah, a cute, cute little kid. Uh, just like Our fucking amazing performance. And then we get them back as a movie I love. A heartbreaking movie that I love is finding Neverland that they are in together. Mm, and I think they're wonderful mm. together in that movie. And that's uh subtle subtlety in that, in that performance uh, by a Johnny Depp. Um, I don't know. It's a, yeah. it's a, it's a tearjerker, but I, I enjoyed it. And he was uh, a little youngster in that one too. And I remember he, he does a really good scene at multiple good scenes, but him crying just makes me so sad in that movie um so yeah i just want to say that like he's he's awesome he's good yeah he's not the problem with this movie he everyone honestly else seems, he, everyone he, else is solid yeah everybody else is solid lee too. i mean come on come on count dooku himself chocolate um, what is all this chocolate oh, doing Lord. here and caramel it will get stuck right in your teeth yeah i like a lot of the, i I don't really have too many complaints about the performances at all. 
like just looking through the cast list of you know the parents and the kids like everybody is solid in in what need what is needed of them it's all to me the problem of the writing and the direction is and johnny depp by and large but even then like even if johnny know, depp I, had just been like benny and june style johnny right. depp of like kind of like just a little whimsical a little uh prankster kind yeah. of guy with like that would do kind of a dead bit deadpan sort of face but he'd be doing funny stuff on top of it this is like yeah hey what's going on hey, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. A, lot of, you know, a lot of smiling and just going like yeah the thing that uh cracked me up this go around for this movie not much did but the thing that was really funny that he kept doing was giving mike tv shit for mumbling mumbling yeah i thought that was pretty funny that is funny right oh mumbly mumberson because it's another example of like you know his father's voice coming out in him just this idea yeah and it's a little callback from the first movie too hmm Cause like yeah. Gene Wilder at one, one part in that movie is like, you should really speak up or something like to, I think to my TV or something, something like that. Mm, but right. something else he said in that movie, ah, oh, where does this like sweet is better, but liquor hits quicker or whatever that line I completely miss as a kid, but that was like, it cracked me up this time. Mm. Cause he just like, he like uses some alcohol and parts of like making the chocolate or he's like, why do you, the, one of the adults is like, why do you do that? And he's like, God, I got to find that line. Continue. Yeah, I, I can find it, but no, no, no. Um, yeah. um, so the kids, yeah, all of them are getting, um, off <laughs> one by one. Um, all of the sets for each room. It's very timber. Candy is dandy, of- but liquor is quicker. Ooh, okay. and he just like whispers that to the, one of the dads. Uh-huh. <laughs> this time watching, I was like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> dads get it. Dads I just totally want to like get, get drunk with fucking Gene Wilder as Willy Wonka. Oh, Gene Wilder's the best. He's the R.I.P. The man. He's the goat. Um, yeah, sets in the chocolate factory pretty stunning at times. It's just fraught with, you know, scenes will either in transit or certain scenes just in general are very CGI uh, when they're in places of the factory where there are like machine, actual machines and they're interacting with it. It's great, but it's just, but nonetheless, it's always inescapable. This like weird sheen that is on stuff. Like all of the kids faces look Uh plasticky and um, it's dark and, um, yeah, just God, the visual there's like fucking the, language the spatial like design between everything is like there's a lot of space between everything, and like you were saying, uh-huh. I like I really like how you described the opening montage, how like const- like how it's constructed doesn't make any logistical sense, <laughs> and everything yeah. just like goes into a void, uh-huh. and it real that's why it, it's all storyboarded to me. It's just like whatever that little image that Tim Burton wanted it to look like, it just has to look just like that. It doesn't need to make any sense. It could be an Escher painting for all we care. An Escher painting is, yeah. It, mm-hmm. it can, it just as long as it visually like has, has his style or whatever. But even in like walking into the chocolate water fountain thing, I don't know. It's like, there's, there's the bright green and, and the red and there's like this, and, you know, curving green pastures of edible grass and all that. 
But then you look at in the background of, yeah, it is just like still it's the like gray warehouse fuzzy. factory walls and like, yeah, the fuzzy green yeah, screen effect it, or of whatever. And uh, I don't know. Some of those, some of those little candies they're eating looked pretty, pretty fun. But then it like, yeah, it's just everyone's mean to each other. And they like, yeah. bully, and they bully poor Charlie and just like, I'm not having, this is supposed to be the fun. Everyone's having a good time thing. And poor Charlie. Well, cheer up, Charlie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, we, there's a big blueberry girl, you know, you gotta have that big blueberry girl. Uh, Mike, Mike TV goes into the TV that that set was I thought it was pretty cool. Interesting. Well, yeah, especially that it's 2001. Pretty similar. <laughs> yeah, 2001. Thing. It's pretty similar to the original. Where the Wonka bar is the, uh, what yeah. is that called? The Black Spire, Black Pillar, what do they call it? Black Obelisk? Uh, obelisk, I think is what obelisk, they call it. Obelisk, yeah. I think. Yeah. Uh, and then, so yeah, 2001 callback, mm-hmm. uh, which is so weird to think about from like a kid who's like playing <laughs> shooting video games that like, I don't know. Yeah, it's weird. I would think you'd want to update that a little bit. Um, cause it's not like you're in, you know, it, it's one of those things like kid, kids like are just like, kids being like 2001 space. Oh, Kubrick. Yeah. I love Kubrick. Oh, Kubrick. I'm seven uh-huh, years cool. old. Yeah. That's what the kids are watching. <laughs> Kubrick films. Um, Mike TV almost looks like he's space baby. I get it. All right. Yeah. It's just the, that fucking fuzz on this movie drove me nuts where everybody just you know obviously it kind of helps the poor s- cgi because everything looks so cgi but then it's yeah it's really a drag uh by the middle end of this movie where you're like oh, yeah nothing seems real even though there are cool real stuff and like machines in scenes it just can't yeah temper yeah i mean we were from doing this like yeah with Violet, we mentioned the squirrels and that and that's a situation where you spend all this time getting all these squirrels all trained up and everything. And then you mix them with some fake squirrels and some CG squirrels and then cover it with this color correction. Everything just ends up looking the same. And so all those real squirrels, I, I don't know, I guess it 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 must have helped because if they were all CG, it would have looked much worse. So it, it did help a bit, but it just. It's a bummer that all that hard work and effort isn't as on display as I would want it to be. It's like, you don't need to see the seams of everything necessarily, but just to be like, wow, that's a, that's a real squirrel there. You know, or like, I don't know. Those are, those are all weird, real squirrels or, or whatever. It just that. And that was clear in his older movies. That's the thing. It's like, that's not impossible to have because he's done that in his career. And when you want something to happen, like in Beetlejuice, it's like, yeah, and they open the door and there's a big fucking worm out there and it looks like this. And it's like, we'll make that happen. And, you know, now it probably, you know, and that that, you look at that now and back then it's dated, but it has a style and it looks cool and it looks like singular and unique to itself and everything. And this looks so uniform and bland and uh, monotone in in a lot of ways. that that's the uh, the upsetting thing to see his creative juices being pushed into these um conceptual nightmares where i yeah i would i would i would appreciate where i yeah like more collaboration or, or something I, I don't know what uh is the is the answer or it's or it's uh 
it's it's totally fine i i don't know he can he's uh able to make exactly what he wants to make and uh sometimes that's things like uh frankenweenie or something which is solid too um and then we i don't know and then that was just like seeing all of them walking out of the factory after with the music after them flying with over the glass elevator just like uh, yeah things are weird and everyone's changed and everyone's worse off coming out of this factory and uh I don't know, it's it's not a great feeling i feel like we kind of covered a good amount of like the father stuff that happens at the yeah. end here so uh oh there's the like is it twice that it happens where he just runs into the glass elevator door i remember uh-huh. as a kid thinking that was hilarious, hilarious. it's it pretty funny now but it is funny yeah as, I, as yeah. a kid and then the second time you're just like because he's in mid conversation it's kind of like okay we're, let's go and we're gonna do and he does kind of have that bookish accent is that it like the uh-huh, yeah vampires yeah, kiss like- nicholas cage of like it puts the you put the paper in the file a b c d yeah absolutely like yeah very well read very articulate but in a way that's like nerdish um yeah and let's see it yeah he's got these teeth i don't know i don't know we'll never see see another another thing like it i wonder if yeah enough time you like you see a a new joker and a batman be like yeah i took it from uh Johnny Depp's Willy Wonka. <laughs> right. Totally. Of course. Uh, yeah. I, I would not be surprised, man, because, because it's that it level is, of character. It's that level of character. It's that insane of a choice in major motion picture, yeah. you know, like more often than not, a, a person that isn't Johnny Depp is going to be told, Hey, tone it down a little bit. We need a little bit more realism in here. You are too out there too alien. No one is going to be able to understand what you are, are you're weird. Like where you're coming. Yeah. You're weird. Um, well, I'm, uh, I'm happy with it. You, uh, I'm happy. Let's, uh, take a quick break and okay. then, uh, get, get into those little reviewies we're gonna take a break we'll be right back okay we are back baby uh i'm just looking through my notes here real quick before we move on um there's a time moment where violet is asking her father to make time go faster (laughs) (laughs) which i thought was funny um Good morning, Starshine. The world says hello. Yeah. It's quite the line that I remember. Weird, not weird, but just like kooky people in high school would just like quote, like quote, like lines from movies and stuff. I would do the same thing. I would half of my yeah. things I would say was Anchorman or Family Guy. That was my personality. Um, but maybe like, or answer the phone like that. Good morning, Starshine. The world says hello. Um, that would be cannibalism and that's frowned upon there's this one moment that i thought was really great where young willy wonka goes through what appears to be a traveling montage i wrote that down to the flags of the world where he's walking around and then there's all these flags going by and you think he's just traveling the world and then the guy's like hey kid you gotta go we're closing up and it's the flags of the world that's a so that's a good. naked gun like zucker brothers Z- like oh, airplane dude, totally. level joke that 
is is right. this too good? It's too it good. Hits. Or like it I hits. don't know. Like it's like the Ed Ed Wood side of the humor More of, that. of yeah. uh of oh. Tim Burton. Um I think it's grandpa says, Holy buckets. I like that. Oh, okay. And then Christopher Lee, uh, I haven't seen bicuspids like these since mm. Willie. <laughs> Is yeah, that you, my little Willie? A couple of call-outs for me from my notes is uh, Deep Roy is the real MVP. Who's that? Um, Deep Roy is the guy is who plays the... all of the Oompa Loompa. Oompa Loompas, yeah. total MVP. Big time. Yeah, big time. A lot of the jokes come from him, and he kills it. Mm-hmm. Um, tunnel scene was underwhelming. <laughs> I know, right? For how like iconic the, <laughs> yeah. and weird the first yeah. one was. You're like, oh, okay, we're just in a CGI boat swirling around. Um, I like the little like vaults, like they look at the different vaults and how they name them. Like stuff like that is fun in these movies. Uh, just, right. Yeah, again, you like, get little glimpses of like what's possible. And you can get a good amount of that in the movie. new Wonka movie, I feel like, too. Just his little, oh my his God, little yeah. tricks that he's got. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I cannot um sing the praises of the new Wonka. I was uh, just emotionally enraptured by that movie. By the end of it, I was like crying and then I was uh-huh. having a good time. Like the stuff of the mom was like fucking hitting for me. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh my God, this is so good. Yeah. Like him just wanting to be the best person for himself then realizing, but then also reconciling that with his mom's view of him. I was like, man, this, this is just firing on all fucking cylinders. Um, I really like the bad guys too. Those three bad guys. I love the bad guys. They're funny. That like I think it was the Slugworth dude just had the funniest like smirk on his face when like. Uh But then he also and these are my favorite types of villains is when like he looks very evil, but he also looks kind of dumb. Dumb, yeah. (laughs) Because he's Uh like when he does his smirks and the camera would shoot him head on, he'd be kind of cross eyed. He'd be like. Be like, I, you're trying to look so threatening but you look kind of fucking stupid it's just like my favorite some of my favorite antagonists um cool well should i uh get into some polarizing reviews go for it all right we'll it. start with the critic side of things an 83 percent certified fresh movie from 2005 let's check in on some top critics from rotten tomatoes Ken Tucker, New York Magazine slash Vulture. As the star who's framed in the center of nearly every shot he's in, Depp is, Depp is a constantly surprising Willy Wonka. From Sandra Hall, Sydney Morning, Morning Herald. Finally, a worthy, excellent remake. From Robert Hanks, Independent, UK. Four out of five. In its combination of fidelity to its source and wacky visual ideas, Burton's take is a triumph of common sense and imagination. Exactly the qualities for which we admire children. Common sense. From Stella Papa Michael. Papa Miguel, as I'm going to say. Papa Miguel. BBC.com says four out of four. Scores four out of four. An intoxicating endorphin rush. What else we got here from Stephanie Zacharak salon.com in its best sections. It's magically deranged in a no way 
Wait. In its best sections, it's magically deranged in a way no other filmmaker could even come close to pulling off. And we'll finish with Claudia Puig from USA Today. Gave it a three and a half out of four. The summer's most visually arresting escapist adventure. You know when like the movie was been out for like a week or two? And there, there's a new trailer with like some banner, like four out of five, five out of five sort of things. Oh, yeah. Claudia Puig yeah. from USA Today says it's summer's most visually arresting visually escapist arresting. adventure. And I do admit in there. Uh, so they uh, they loved it. Certified fresh. And let's check out the audience side of things with the 51 percent polarizing feelings on everything. Uh, this one's a Google review. Uh, one star from Sam Wall. Sam Wall. <clears throat> Sam Wall. Waste of time. Dark and weird. The studio never should have let these group of mentally ill men remake the incredible original, a perfect rendition of the delightful doll book. This a children's movie that children should never watch. Adults should not watch it either. They have better things to do, like raise their children properly and never let them see Johnny Depp in anything. <laughs> He's a terrible actor who was somehow told early on that being weird is good acting. His psychotic emotional life touches no one except other strange psychotics. He has ADHD, depression, he's bipolar, he's All addicted right. to coke, <laughs> THC, benzos, Seracol, cocaine, Whoa. alcohol, oh, oxycodone, etc, etc, and spends his life, the few years his disease lover might have left, on a bender violently assaulting people. He needs to be in prison, never on a movie set again, to dry out and pay penance for his violent rages. He thinks paying a staff of goons and thugs $300,000 a month to get him illegal drugs and cover up his messes will continue, but he doesn't have a dime to give those twisted sycophants anymore. Depp is old. His career waned long ago in the mid-2000s when this atrocity came out. Luckily, many of the executives responsible were fired and no longer have careers, and neither does old, fat, ugly Depp. So this Yikes. is a taste of the power of the internet when you can yes. review something later and include information uh -huh. that was not at the time a thing. <laughs> no. Yes. Cause he is not a, yeah, he's not a fat person. Well, just all and all the stuff that was clearly uh, influenced from the Amber Heard trial. I, I feel like, yeah. uh, and this is this is probably maybe some of these Google reviews have have some of that, but he definitely provided his opinion on the uh, on the movie as well. Let's let's do a couple here, a couple more here from Jackie Nisbet Thompson. One star. Mrs. Nisbet. Mrs. Nisbet. <laughs> it's me, Mrs. Nisbet. And, and Mr. No, no. <laughs> it's tea time. <laughs> it's tea time. <laughs> <laughs> uh my uh my sister and brother-in-law their uh like camper rig is named <laughs> mrs nesbitt Nesbit. nice yeah. that's like the name that's of, so of cool. their, like camper rig yeah that's so sick. so like they yeah they take trips on yeah. mrs nesbitt it's pretty mrs. good <laughs> <Nesbit>. <laughs> that's such a great name that's like another one that's like reminds me of like ned schneebly yeah, uh -huh. such a good one, Mike White. Uh, all right, so Jackie Nisbit Thompson says 
putting this in one star because people look at those first. Good strategy. Wow, great strategy. <laughs> see, that's a strategy. I don't wow. understand why bad reviews say the older version is like the book. Let's see. Wrong song lyrics, lyrics, a huge piece of the plot never happened in the book. Children got eliminated in different ways. The only accurate thing in the older movie was probably the description of Willy Wonka and the names. Not to mention Roald Dahl hated the 71 version so much, he never let anyone make another movie of one of his books again. Good choice, mm. Roald. Have you seen James and the Giant Peach? The Matilda I watched was okay, but Fantastic Mr. Fox was all wrong. Oh, stop. I don't trust this person. Bingham. Some people are complaining that it's dark. The book was dark. Most Roald Dahl books were dark, and one of his children or grandchildren said that in the beginning of a collection of Roald Dahl books. They were both slightly dark and whimsical, and this movie is incredibly accurate. The only big change was Willy Wonka's backstory, which was weird, but added depth, depth to the character. Johnny Depp to the character. The, so <laughs> the songs were only changed to be more easily sung. This is an incredibly true to the book movie that I love. You see this too, Brandon? You see this algorithm that this person is, is messing with? I know, man. It's isn't so that, crazy. Isn't that something about the internet that just uh, yeah. messes with? Does it see like that's where we could be like this messes with our process of what we're trying to do here. But to me, I think it if it deepens it because it, it, I think it makes it interesting to find examples too. like this, like that these numbers are can be misrepresentative of <laughs> movies in ways that you might not expect, you know some things are worse right. than the score is or some things are better than the score is and some people are reviewing things for reasons that yeah are uh not all not genuine yeah i mean our but our our format is bulletproof in my mind because we're not about like we at least yet haven't gone with we like it's not a declaration of whether we side with one side or the other. We just come up with our own opinions mm -hmm. and then we're using the scores, uh, the polarizing scores on Rotten Tomatoes as a jumping off point. So like there is definitely uh, the scoring system on Rotten Tomato we've talked about before is like not necessarily good litmus test. Uh, it can be somewhat directional, but yeah, it isn't necessarily something that you should hold to be like the end all be all and really the reason that we we're just using it as a really great way to watch movies that for whatever reason are polarizing in the sense between critics and audiences but we're not really about siding with one or the other you and me just come to our own conclusions and give our own scores which we're about to do but like yeah it's funny to think about that score is such a great example of the gamification of the internet by and large mm -hmm. because that person put a one-star review but liked the movie and the, they were forthright by saying the reason that it's one star is so that it'll show up closer to the top and yeah it's people will do that that's the internet for you absolutely especially if there's yeah and a, a number number system there'll be yeah that's already mm -hmm. gamifying it in that way um, let's do one more from Yasmin Kapadia, uh, one star. Totally horrible. Should have been rated R. Very gross and gory. Waste of Johnny Depp and a shameful scar on Tim Burton's career. Willy Wonka is like Lex Luthor from Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice. 
I'd rather watch that movie. Total mess. Just because all the other kids are spoiled and Charlie is poor. Are we supposed to root for him? When the other kids are murdered slash deformed, Charlie, Grandpa, Joe, and Wonka are laughing. Horrible movie. Not worth a watch. Cats is better. I'd rather watch Terminator Genesis. And that's saying something. Also, child thinks he slash she is about to die. Oompa Loompas are dancing and making fun of the poor kid. Would have been better if it had been an animated film. Oh. oh. Get this person in, in Hollywood, baby. Yeah. Get him in. Uh, that was a little uh, smattering, a little taste of the people out there and the critics alike. Uh, I, we talked at the beginning. We were, we're, we're talking now. I, I think the polarizing nature of it, of it all is, I think, yeah, the critics still kind of sniffing the stuff that Tim Burton is smoking and uh and it's hitting them in a way that is like kooky and and weird and uh some of the CG stuff I think was held up better at the time as well mm-hmm, as sure. like the just the whole new take on it was fitting the time as well this is it just was, a yeah. very dated movie it's very dated. This well, movie is very dated absolutely. when you are com- amazing point, inevitably yes. compar- comparing it to a timeless movie. A truly timeless movie is is the original. Like as as a child, I grew up watching it in the '90s and loving it and laughing and and being a little creeped out by some of the kids. You know, wow, that girl turned into a blueberry. Oh, that kid shrunk mm-hmm. down. Like scary. There's a, it's a little scary. You know, there's a little and there's mm-hmm. con- but there's consequences for your actions. These kids were little shits. And you stole fizzy lifting drinks. Good day, <laughs> sir. Uh, but it, you know, like it's it's a it's a fable, or whatever. It's a it's a it's a folk story. It's a it's a right. you know it's a it's a little nighttime story, or whatever. It's 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 you constantly, but it doesn't need to. This is when, as well, a lot, a lot of things were leading into. It's got to be dark and gritty mm-hmm. and realistic, and this is not the kind of thing that need that needed that treatment uh tim burton in terms of like this uh form of part of his career moving forward is uh is my least favorite of 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 his stuff and because after this is like alice in wonderland and stuff and like that visual styling no no thank you no thank you is that is that your review? No, <laughs> no. For Alice in no Wonderland, if this, if this was the Alice in Wonderland podcast, that that'll be next next week on okay. uh-huh. on dog oh, shit on dog shit pod dog shit pod. <laughs> <laughs> they did two of those movies, right? Come on now, people. Uh, what, what are we the, doing? It sounds like the uh, it sounds like doing? a perfect inaugural episode for james's podcast i've done this in the past but maybe it's time to pass the mantle on to you screaming into the void <laughs> <laughs> hey this is the james of screaming in the void uh, we'll get we'll be back in a second let's talk. This, this episode brought to you by squarespace <laughs> <laughs> you know i i almost feel like tim burton, sucks. tim burton doing like the the silver or sorry the glass elevator mm. that would like kind of make sense mm, mm-hmm. especially at this time like if he just done a fucking just straight up sequel and made it weird like timber and i don't know i feel like 
that might have made made more sense. But, but that's not to say that this didn't make sense for him to do this, right? I'm like, just saying the style, the stylings of it, because he's such a stylistic director, right. the, the style style of it all, and then like to actually do an original story because that's has a lot going for it. The newest one is it's an original story, yes. and it is an origin story that's free of a a lot of. The fan service is just so nice. And I like the fan service in the newest one. It was just like just enough, you know, it, 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 it gave him his trademark things that we all know and love about him. He says a few of his little lines and everything, but it's pretty subtle. There's like a, a, a like a motif of uh, a few of the songs from the original as well. And you're already like when that movie started, I was like, I'm such in a better place than yeah this like minute it started it was like i'm so glad it started, you enjoyed the it movie, started with world like pure imagination whatever was like uh-huh. in the background as like you know the kind of starting like this, and i was like, like oh my god okay yeah. thank uh, god okay we're in uh i just felt like in such better hands um i'm so glad you liked the new movie man i because yeah before we definitely. recorded this i was like dude you should check this movie out i'm um, glad i did and and i'm glad you did too mm-hmm. because it really was such a wonderful movie like i i i know i'm like coming off as such a fucking huge stand of that movie but i don't give a shit because like wonka rips that's such a great yeah. movie it has a it's heist the in it level, yeah. it has like it has all of it it has like <laughs> that movie is stuffed to the gills with shit to <laughs> sink your teeth into <laughs> and maybe you want candy uh, for sure and it made me want candy so much. I, Seeing that's that like, like robot make the chocolate at the beginning of Wonka, I was like, yeah, I don't want chocolate. Uh, right. But then him just, you know, talking about how he needs these in the new one, how he needs these like special ingredients to make these oh, chocolates. Yeah. And, and oh then the way God. that they look in his hand and he's like, oh, it's in these big jars. And then these like fun colors and shapes and uh, all the special me- ingredients. Totally. Now. Yeah, that's. Makes it special. Makes it, yeah, it makes it mean something. And it showed me that you don't need to just like, oh, I'm Wonka, so I need to be fucking weird. Weird. Like, that's what that means, is I need to, like, really make some big decisions about making this character mine and trademark weird. And I'm, uh, yeah, I was impressed with Chalamet's handling of it to be so charismatic. He's just a charismatic person, and I think Mm. that went such a long way. As well. Naturally charismatic. And he shows emotion and that vulnerable side of Wonka was a cool, cool thing to to see at that moment of him. Like, yeah, there's something about him like sire, like or like a being a mentor to a child that was that was like uh-huh. worked really well in that dynamic that uh, called back to the better parts of like you know the the warm side of him. And it seems mm-hmm. like, you know, once he gets starts getting stolen from and starts hiring Loompa Loompas, then he gets a little more jaded. But I like the idea of like, well, he's this is, can be a different guy. This is an earlier in his life. He can be uh, happy, uh, like more like upstart sort of sort of guy that's trying to optimistic, trying to make, it, make his know, way and for better. Yeah. And uh, childlike wonder. Wow. All right. Well, yeah, I think we we almost had a podcast about about all three, but we definitely covered tim burton's enough uh is there a score that you would give in any final thoughts uh, el brandini yeah yeah man um 
I just, when it comes to like revisiting a Wonka movie, this is the last on my list. Uh, the reason for it is because I just didn't have as much fun with it. I think if you were to take certain shots and scenes of this movie, it is really kind of a like a marvel, if you will, of um, like special effects and setting. But it is just on all like consistently undercut by the people on screen are just like at each other at odds, don't like each other, don't understand each other. Uh, yeah, there's um, uh, man, it's weird. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I guess I didn't care for that. <laughs> God, I'm so like flustered right now. Oh, there's like I want to be. I want to make sure that just at least for myself that I recognize that there are some visual elements of this movie that I thought were cool and interesting, but by and large, my enjoyment of this as a whole movie, as a whole thing was very little. I just, I, and I, I feel like it's because the movie didn't want me to like it. <laughs> like wanted me to, it's like a conversation I wasn't allowed to be a part of. And it, it's <laughs> given me shit for trying to be like, Hey, I want to, I want to hear what's going on. Um, I'm going to give this movie a 55%. Yeah. Very fair score. Uh, I, I know what you mean. There's something that, and I'm, and I'm trying to decipher why this movie is somewhat like watchable for me. It's like, uh, it's like, it's like pretty it's, watchable. Some of it, yeah. yeah. And I'm trying to figure out, is it because it's based on a story that I'm so familiar with and going through those motions of, that story, whatever, whatever sort of adaptation is, is kind of nice. Um, it's never been something that I've wanted to revisit since. Uh, yeah. I, I have this movie on DVD for whatever reason. It was, it was just one that we'd throw in and, and have on. Cause I think we liked the original so much. And this one was, was just the next thing we like Jack Sparrow and, and all that stuff. Uh, and really looking at it with a critical eye past the fact mm. you know I, I i think i what i was like 15 when i saw it i think it was still yeah. stepping into starting to be a little bit more critical about the movies that i would watch and uh -huh. everything sure but i think just the fact that like oh well i like johnny depp i like tim burton i like charlie in the chocolate factory i like willy wonka why wouldn't mm. i like this movie and that's kind of how i felt at that time and looking at it now and how outdated a, a, a lot of it is and the performance of Johnny Depp, it, it it's definitely going to get a subpar score for me. Um, and, and I've talked a lot about it in this podcast. Uh, some, some of the good things. Yeah, definitely Freddie Highmore. Um, there's conceptual things that I get why they tried so hard to make happen because in their minds, they looked at everything on the storyboard and they were like, this all looks great and we should do exactly this because we have the computers to make everything that we would ever want. We can pick one actor for an Oompa Loompa and, you know, and that's that's something they didn't even completely take, do all the CGI because they made him do like all those separate performances. Every single separate one you see, he did he did each separate one and then they, you know, imposed him on there, which is cool and all that. But the, yeah, that, which is something the I time like and the effort that they take into that. And the squirrels and all that other stuff is just like, I I don't know. It just seems in the wrong place. The money doesn't seem to be on the screen in the best way. Uh, mm. You know, I I it it looks expensive, but it doesn't look like satisfyingly good in a lot of ways. But Tim Burton is a good director, 
and on a lot of other projects. So there's certain shots, you know, like I was saying with Christopher Lee's Lee's house and the, in the snow and all that. And, and a lot of houses, I guess, like the house. Yeah. I The houses, I had notes on that. I was like, Oh, this house looks cool. Yeah. The inside yeah. and the outside. Mm-hmm. Like in the factory, everything is just so fake and, and unpleasing and un- unsettling and not, and not fun that, you know, like the, there's uh the story when grandpa goes back to the factory, they're like that, looked kind of real and nice like the old school yep. style before the oompa loompas came in and, and all that uh i'm getting too lost here and talking all about the movie again um yeah i'm gonna do a we'll do 48 yeah yeah 46 or 48 something like that like a mid 40 sort of feels pretty good to me partner uh bill girl which one do you pick uh 48 48 cool yeah i 48. get it i get it man it's so funny that we were <laughs> no I, do I just, 49 I mean, i'm gonna do 49 do 49 that's fine. um this is another great example of why i love doing this with you bud is like yeah. we didn't really talk too much about our feelings about this movie you know i think we're pretty good about not you know getting into like we'll text each other when we're watching these movies about certain things, but it isn't necessarily about how we feel by and large. It's like, Oh, isn't this wild that this is a fact or, you know, this situation is, did you get to this, you know, scene or whatever. And it just, it's so fun that both of us kind of came to this and we're like, yeah, this is, this is kind of, you know, it's like the thing we've always talked about on this pod of how, even though this podcast is called polarized, I know. How similar, similar <laughs> art scores. <laughs> like, it's yeah, not, I mean, we're, it, yeah, we have yeah, similar. If you're looking for a podcast <laughs> where both of us are gonna give polarizing scores every time, not the pod for you. What we're doing is we're taking polarizing movies and making them uh-huh. not <laughs> polarize amongst two friends. I enjoy that, I enjoy the process, and I enjoy people mm. talking in that way rather than getting or even because there's examples of us disagreeing too um, oh for sure but yeah. it's not uh, like yeah. you know we're like you know what brandon fuck you man and yeah you like you, you. <laughs> yeah <laughs> the fact that you like this movie makes me question our friendship <laughs> so i'm but gonna, when's the next pod recording I, yeah all <laughs> <laughs> for that content baby we need the content that's why we do it I think the, yeah, the last Jedi, I think would be the closest. And that's even one where it's like, yeah, no, I don't like love that movie, but I do like it. And even that I feel like is a hot take to even kind of mm. like, kind of like that movie. <laughs> right. So, yeah, I, well. and that's, yeah. I've, and there's, yeah, there's probably a few others out there. I, I uh, Oh, this, the, uh, Santa, the Mel Gibson Santa one. I didn't like that oh. one. And you and Dave had a good time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I feel like I was I, I the bad it. guy. I loved it. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, you didn't like some of the. You don't like some of the Disney stuff. Yeah, there's stuff. There's you know there's, there's spots. Stuff. No, there's stuff. Hey, anybody? Ch- yeah, check out our back catalog. There's plenty of episodes. If you want to hear, uh, yeah, one where we're just yelling at each other the the entirety and time. That's that's what happens. That's what we do. Do our scores get put into the description at all? I guess that would probably not be a good idea. No, I can, I should go back and just tabulate them all. I know Blarge was doing it. Blarge senior. 
El Corey was, senior was doing, doing it, it yeah. for a bit, but I guess it's not a, yeah, I guess that's not, that a would be idea. nice to have a wiki, a polarized pod wiki. Oh yeah. Have a little Excel doc that we were, yeah, I could do okay. it. I could probably do yeah, it. Let's, we can do it. Yeah. Let's figure that out. But, um, just be a, that's, I mean, that's Charlie and the chocolate factory and that's polarized the pod. Both that's right, baby. Let's yeah. talk about what we're doing next time. Uh, it is a movie from, 10 years prior, a 95 movie starring Andy Garcia. And I'm so it is excited called about this movie. Things to do in Denver when you're dead. <laughs> what a cumbersome title. And then it it is also so indicative of the movie. <laughs> Once again, you're going to read that. Yeah. Things to do in Denver when you're dead. Uh, 37% from critics, a 72 from audience is uh should i I can read the description um ex-crook jimmy the saint tosnia andy garcia is trying his best to go legitimate until he's dragged back into the world of crime for one last seemingly simple mission all jimmy and his eccentric cronies have to do is intimidate their target but they make a disastrous series of mistakes that result in the death of a woman connected to a powerful gangster before long mr steve buscemi a notorious assassin who never slips up is sent to take down Jimmy and his partners. Mr. Shh. I like that. Box office gross. 232,000. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, baby. Andy Garcia, Christopher Lloyd, William Forsyth. Uh, I think Walken, Christopher Walken's in here somewhere. Oh, too. Walken's in it. Yeah, and he's a ball. Lo- uh, loose Dockport. as a motherfucker. In oh, yeah. Uh, Weinstein production. Whatever. Uh, yeah, let's not do that. Um, all right. Well, we'll see you guys next time. If you uh, want to see us record live uh, whenever we do this, it's on twitch.tv slash polarized pod. You can send us a line at uh, gmail.com slash polarize the pod or gmail.com at polarize the pod. Polarize the pod at gmail.com. Polarize the pod at gmail.com. There's one other Nailed thing. It. Oh, yeah. Uh, rate and review on Apple Podcast mm. would be Helps awesome. More of those would be sweet. Um, we love you all. Brandon, is there anything else? No, I love you all as well. That's my that's my thing. I'm glad we got that in. And we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Yeah. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.